2: I can't believe I just scratched that car. Find my insurance card. Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks dirty? Oh, uh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card. Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app.
0: But I can do that? Oh, hey, I can do that.
2: Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here too? Yeah, it's, it's called service.
0: Whoa, I can call my agent
2: too? It's called service. Insurance with local agent, it's called service. Call State Farm agent Megan Roberts in Atlantic today.
0: You're listening to a Castaway Media Podcast. Find more great shows at castaway.media or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Podcasts.
2: And welcome to episode 34, I think, of Potteroony. I am in London at the minute. I'm on my way to my nephew's house. <laughs> I've just been to Brixton Market and uh, it's very posh. I do remember Brixton Market being kind of where you get all this second-hand stuff and kind of cheap stuff. And now it's just totally posh. I mean, really posh. And uh, all the white people have moved in. Where are all the riots and stuff? Uh, That's what I want. You know, Brixton riots. What's going on? So, uh... I'm over in London because I'm going to uh, Ahmed Jalili's 50th birthday party and uh, he's a comedian if you don't know and I was in a play with him, the play of the Shawshank Redemption so the whole cast are going to be there and I'm looking forward to that and that should be a bit of crack Um, and uh, then tomorrow night I'm going to uh, Brighton to do an open spot because I uh, stopped doing gigs in the UK and uh, and they just forgot about me. So I have to go back and start off with an open spot at my age. So uh, we're going to have a listen now to Jack Lukeman, the uh, singer and performer extraordinaire. And he dropped into the... Uh, the studio uh, we talked and then he finished with a little song with a Christmas kind of uh, theme to it and I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and thanks for all your support during the year on my first ever podcast I hope you've enjoyed listening to me and uh if you've got spare time over the Christmas, you could go back and have a listen to the back catalogue, listen to, to uh, some of the ones that you may have missed out. So enjoy your Christmas. Well, you know, I should be saying this later. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all, I'll, I'll give you all my Christmas greetings after the interview. So enjoy the interview. That's what I want to say.
1: Oh, you're in the studio today? I was you? trying to finish an album before Christmas, yeah. Oh, a New okay. album, a new original stuff, so I'm just trying to get yeah. the, nail it down, you know. Right. You can twiddle away forever. But you, you if you want to do a new song, you can
2: whatever you want to do, but yeah. we'll talk about that later.
1: Well, yeah. like at the moment I'm touring a thing called Northern Lights. It's kind of, I start doing it in November, winter songs, that and then. Oh, right, As yeah. you move into Christmas, you
2: can yeah. do
1: the old Christmas songs. Because what oh, happens yeah? to you over the years is you... Are we on
2: now or are we? We're uh, recording now. No. <laughs> yeah, this so is
1: is the this yeah, this is
2: officially. Well, this is it. Well, it's started. Okay, um, you can have your coffee there if you want. It's ready. So you're doing a uh, as as the year goes on goes along, you change the songs you're doing. Is that right?
1: Is yeah. That well, I mean, I, I, it depends what album you have out or what uh, mm. where you're at. I mean, I, I've obviously done a lot of albums of. Uh, My own stuff, the original stuff, and then I've done albums, kind of straight up albums of other people's work, you know, individual songwriters that I admire. Uh, Around Christmas, I'm doing a thing called Northern Lights because every time you hit Christmas, especially the last week or two, yeah, people want to hear Christmas songs, yeah, sure, and I love Christmas songs as much as uh, what
2: kind of Christmas songs?
1: All the old classics, all the old jazz standards. Yeah. Um, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Right. I mean. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I'm dreaming the the biggest selling song of all time. Yeah, um, do you do so um, being a bit of an old crooner. I mean, all those songs are lovely to sing. Do but you, I do, do, do you do uh, the he's the little
2: boy that Santa Claus forgot? I don't know him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe he's that's very, why he was forgotten. He's a very sad. Boy. And
2: that's it. <laughs> but no, I heard but Billy McKenzie sing it once.
1: Okay, right. Oh, I, I, I The title sounds familiar. Yeah. But it also um, Northern Lights the tour that I'm doing at the moment allowed me to. You know, I mean, the songs that predate, uh, cop- not copyright for, for monetary reasons, but because yeah. people like Paul Robeson in the 1920s was singing songs that went back beyond anybody known who wrote them. Yeah. So they are f- so fascinating, Almost me. like folk, there, handed yeah, they're handed They're real folk songs. Yeah. Not yeah. folk as we know it, but yeah. actually predate. So stuff like In the bleak midwinter is from the 1700s. There's an all true the night which is was first documented in a book from uh, from uh, 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 poems uh, from the early 1700s as well, poems from the the bards of Wales. Uh, yeah. you know, so poems and songs. So there's all mm. these really weird old songs that I'm big in, um, to Paul Robeson and all yeah. his stuff so Northern Lights kind of lets me sing some of those really old songs that he sang as well Yeah, I do some Nick Drake Northern Skies Oh Northern Sky, yeah. so it gave me yeah, a lovely yeah, yeah. opportunity to sing winter songs which mm. cause um, you know the summer solstice I mean yeah, Christmas yeah. was originally about winter or about the whole idea uh, of an equinox and all that kind of stuff It was about a new beginning uh, the, yeah. did I, well, you have the darkest Yeah the, the, so the sm- I'm doing the Unitarian song. Church up in Stevens Green yeah. on the 21st and 22nd which is Mm. Is it the twenty second is the winter solstice or the twenty first? I'm bad with numbers. Uh one or one or the other. So anyway. you're doing where are you doing? Got, I've got the Unitarian Church oh, on ma'am. Stevens Green. Two I'm nights there, there yeah. Can, is it sold out? Two of them are sold out, yeah. Ah fexy. Um if but of course I'll get you in. Will you?
2: Yeah. This is <laughs> This is funny because I've done uh, another interview today where I asked to on the guest list. <laughs> so it's just going to look like this is the only
1: reason. Well, see, so you this. have documentation now to jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah,
2: pretend yeah. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. I love Paul Robeson, and when my kid, when my son was born, um, my first child, I, uh, I I I used to sing "Mighty Like a Rose" to him. Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, my most fascinating. Paul Ruffman's thing is the um, the song that he sang, No More Auction Block For Me, which was a song that mm. black soldiers would sing in the Civil War when they got sold, No mm. More Auction Block For Me. I'm a soldier now. Right, yeah. And the melody is Blown In The Wind. So Dylan took oh, really? the exact yeah. melody, mm. No More Auction Block For Me, oh. and used it on Blown In The Wind, which is mm. just fascinating, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, but the music's like that, isn't it? It's just, it's... Uh, you know, like the Beatles, you know, when I hear the Beatles, it's like I've always known the Beatles. Now, the radio was always on when I was uh-huh. growing up. My mum was a big Beatles fan. But it's like the song is just already existing in your head. Yeah, it's you amazing I mean? when uh, when you, you've probably grown. Like I was born in
2: 63, so I must have been hearing the Beatles from before I can actually remember existing. Yeah. But uh, so when I heard the Beatles later on, I,
1: I knew them. Mm. But... They already were in there. they yes. were there. Funny yeah. one. It's like they're part of the, yeah. the, the 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 consciousness or the one consciousness yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Weird. But music does that, doesn't it? It's a, kind of a. Um, but but folk music is like that. They're in, built almost into your DNA or something. It's weird.
2: Yeah, yeah. I um, guess so. Maybe your grand great grandfather heard them and well, and, and yeah,
1: st- yeah. Stow- stowed it up in his DNA. Yeah, there's also a guy called Rupert Sheldrake who has a theory about the mm. morphogenetic field, which is that. Things are passed through, whether we like it or not. Things we remember from, like, homing pigeons, how do they know what to do? That kind of thing, you know. Mm. Um, That's just passed through the gene, but science doesn't really, it can't really be proven. Mm -hmm. Because it's one of those, uh, you know, they like to call anything like that pseudoscience. But it is actually very... uh, well, they just, just haven't figured out. Yet. Exactly. Anything they haven't figured out is pseudoscience. pseudoscience yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a lot of bollocks with that stuff as well. Oh, completely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. yeah. But with science, yeah, I know. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
2: fucking science. Bollocks. Proven yeah. things. What's all that about? Mm. Anyway, uh, and so uh, you, did you grow up in a, in a musical household?
1: Yeah, like yeah. I said, the radio was always on. Yeah. So that, it was just, yeah, I mean, so early songs off the radio I remember or stuff like uh, your parents uh, into music oh yeah my yeah. father uh, 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 lo- is a big singer he loves singing he was into yeah. all uh, you know pre-rock and roll 50's stuff the crooners um, all the old Irish tenors stuff like that and then my mother pretty much all switched over into the Beatles uh, yeah? and, all right, cool. and Elvis so those records were around growing up Yeah. Um, what did your father do? And my father's a mechanic he's a mechanic Yeah. well he's retired now he was a mechanic from a his father, my grandfather, was a mechanic, and his. Well, there wasn't even really mechanics. My great grandfather's time, he mm. was actually fixing ploughs and farming machinery. Oh, right. So when the place actually started, which still exists in in uh, just outside of Ty and on the Kilkenny Road, there's, mm. this is an advertisement for it now. <laughs> um, my brother actually runs it now, and uh, but you What's know, fascinating thing. It's what? called Luke Man's Garage. Yeah, yeah, right. The yeah. thing that. Fascinated me because I was only talking to my father about recently. Was that when they started doing it, they didn't even have electricity, they were fixing cars with no electricity, tilly lamps, yeah. brawn, and spanners. You know, when you and when I think about my grandfather starting that, and you think about plows, which he was fit, horse, I mean, horse, he, he won one of you know, oh, the plows plowing that are champ- pulled by a horse, yeah, you know, the plowing championships, yeah, he, he won some form of that back in the day. We had right, the plaque yeah. at home, but I mean, plowing goes right back to. Mm-hmm. Year dot when we start when, when, uh, when we stopped being started. nomads and yeah yeah and right yeah. up until the early part of the last century we right. still doing that so it's mad when you think about it it, it kind of suddenly yeah made me think cutting about up the land how close we are to that you know how, yeah yeah, um, yeah. pre machinery kind of thing so yeah. anyway so yeah so that that was there and, and your mother did she work. My mother, she uh, served time as a nurse, but mm. she, she really, then she rared off pretty much, so I will get that up. Um, How many is there? Uh, there's me, uh, my brother, and two sisters. Mm. Right, yeah. Um, Are you uh, the only one doing the entertainment? Yeah, only one doing the music. Yeah. Um, I mean, I when I left school, I left school around 15, and I just I had no interest, you Did know. Did
2: you? 15, yeah? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but I kind of, obviously, I knew... There was an apprenticeship there for me because it was kind of Mm. a business where you could have. But uh, I always maintained that, you know, I was no good in school. And then the summer holidays would come anyway and you would go work in the garage. That was what you did. Mm. You know, you'd work in the petrol pumps or you'd do whatever, paint the place or all these kind of uh, jobs. But things weren't going great in school. I'd failed my interest in certain things like that. Mm. Um, And then summer came. And I was working in a garage and everybody went back to school and I didn't say anything to anybody. And nobody said that to me. <laughs> yeah. So I always maintain I'm still on summer holidays. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. And so, uh, so yeah, I served me time. That was when you were up at 15, is it? Uh,
2: 15. Yeah. Com- probably, and uh, yeah, uh, and then I had your voice broken. Did you, had had you d- how did, you, did you know you had this real amazing, like you got this really amazing, powerful voice? Well,
1: yeah. When, when I was a kid, I had the high soprano voice, which yeah. is very fun as well. And it was funny when my voice broke in school, we used to sing in music class. And of course, I was weirdo. Right yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody used to laugh, you know. All right, yeah. Because it was free. And I used to be a bit embarrassed by it, you know. That right, yeah, I had yeah. this voice. Yeah. But over time, it's proved out to be. The ugly duckling. A beautiful one. <laughs> swan. <yeah. laughs> a dark swan. Black swan. <laughs> black swan. Yeah. yeah um, mm-hmm. But no, I've, I just thought I've always been lucky to have a voice, even as a kid, being able to sing, and yeah. always been fascinated by singing. And past my time, I suppose, grown ups, because you have a voice, mm. you like to sing. So mm. I've always been singing. Um, so when you discovered music for yourself, like I started
2: buying for yourself, what were you? What were you buying?
1: Well, as with mm. anybody, I was I was listening to what was ever around the house mm. pre. Um, you know, my brother would have been the, uh, older, one of the first older brother, uh, older brother. That's yeah, I'm great. the youngest. Yeah, yeah. Ah, well, then you have. Uh, I he yeah they, they he broke bu- all the rules and I, yeah, was, yeah. I got through a free pass on everything. But <laughs> uh, speaking spell by the page mode was one of the first. Tapes, I remember. Now they were all copy tapes. I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had singles of, you know, uh, Pink Floyd, Police. Um, mm. And my sister was a big ABBA fan, so I kind of, mm. w- pretty much, so you know, wore out there all their records before. Um, mm. I think I might, uh, Christmas might have came, and I might have asked for Madonna like a Virgin. I think that might have been one of my first tapes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Holiday is great. Madonna. I
1: don't even. It was holiday, on that. Uh, maybe. Oh it must no, no, have that's be. later. No, holiday is our first ever first single. Ever, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a Virgin's much later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. that's. My, but I mean, you, you, when you're a kid, you you, you just want music. But um, mm. yeah, so uh, it was pretty much. So what was, uh, you know, I, and then I. Fought, I know I still love the Mode and people like that, and, and yeah. uh, that kind of followed on. I suppose the records you were listening to earlier on, but. You know, people ask you what influenced you, what's this and what's that, but for me, the music, everything it, you listen to, everything you mm. do, whether you, you, uh, it, it's just an endless, um, landscape of things to listen yeah, to. But ha- know. Um, well, let's, let's let, yeah, so did you,
2: uh, decide you're gonna play an instrument then, or did you just pick up a guitar? Well, my or?
1: sister was learning guitar, so right. I started playing around with the guitar from there, pretty yeah. much so, um. And then uh, myself and my friends, we would, you know, put, you know, jam, uh, just get guitar and bongos. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. That's an unusual combination there now.
1: Well, it was completely acoustic. We could kind yeah. of do it. And we used to play in uh, mm. pubs and anywhere that yeah? didn't have us. Yeah. It's guitar and bongos. Guitar and. Guitar, no, sorry. Guitar. Bo- yeah, bongos. It was. I was going to say it was Cahoon, but that was pre the. To- Cahoon. Isn't that what you call it? A Cahoon. You know the box like a, sit on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would predate. The yeah, box, that's... yeah. No, bongos, yeah. Uh, uh, sort of, uh, Jimmy kind of, Riley and Gerald Ammon. Um, what
2: kind of songs?
1: We, uh, you know, we did, a, oh, we begin to, oh, So a lot of the standards, stand by me. You know, when you're playing on oh, clubs, right. obviously you do a lot of the old standards. We love Bob Marley, did a lot of Bob Marley. It used to play Midnight Oil songs. Did, oh Midnight yeah, Oil. Birds Are Burning. Yeah, Birds Are Burning. But mm. these were, you know, all kinds of, a lot of different stuff. Uh horse with no name was a was a big mm. big one. Um mm. Frank. Uh yep. Frank is uh, the name of the horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh so, um, two chords, it's an easy one. Oh, is it? Is yeah, it? Is yeah, it? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You can play it in any state. It's the, it's the, my official drunk song. Oh, is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you don't have to, it? when it's binding the you heart. Have, to, have, you know, when you're to remember you to play a song when you're drunk, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, kind yeah. of go, Oh, chords. <laughs> <But> <laughs> what do I know with two or one chord?
2: So, yeah. I'm amazed that happened to you because I, I, I. I can uh, l- look at these trad guys who play in a pub and they're drinking wines, and I go, how do, the f- "How do they keep playing? How do well, they know playing? Well, I what suppose
1: if you know your set, grand, but yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't normally. Most of my songs don't. Well, some of them do work well in a in a in a piss up situation, yeah. but not many of them. Mm. And whenever you're asked to sing a song, I can never think of any songs. It's yeah, weird. It's weird, but I know thousands of songs. You know. Um, There's a different mindset when you're on stage. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you Yeah, it is. It's, it's a different... Yeah, it's a completely different uh, uh, state yeah. of mind than being drunk. <laughs> 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 Although there are times it feels similar, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The adrenaline thing.
2: And so when did you start... Uh, so my first time seeing you is in the dark club. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, what age you there? Were you there? Um, uh, I would have
1: been nineteen twenty, uh, maybe, maybe early, maybe probably twenty, maybe 21, yeah, so. twenty-one, maybe twenty-one actually.
2: Okay, okay. So then you're you're doing Jack Brell stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And so wh- how did this come about? You start off doing covers in pubs, and suddenly no, no, no.
1: Well, when I was eighteen, I yeah. my mate who played bongos, uh, Jimmy Riley, he, he had been serving his time as a carpenter, and he rang me up one day and said, I'm fi- you know, he's finished his apprenticeship. I'm going to Holland to work in the bulb factories. His brother mm. had done that, so I went. Okay, he said, do "You want to come?" I was only three three years into my mechanic thing, but everybody kind in of do in the what
2: factory? A Bul- bulb factory. Bulb.
1: Sorry, tulip bulbs. bulbs. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Um yeah, yeah. So from there, uh, I obviously uh, wasn't completely. Can uh, I that mic in further maybe. dedicated? Oh yeah, to, that's great yeah. To the the world of mechanics. Yeah. yeah so yeah. um, I took off with him and yeah. We went to Holland and we worked in uh, factories and all kinds of stuff. And at some point, um, what would be previous to that? At some point we became homeless. We actually had to sit, we sold our tent stupidly at some point (laughs) that we were living in and we ended up sleeping in ditches and all kinds of crazy stuff. But that was, that was, you know, I was that age, it was summer Mm. and it didn't really matter that much. But it did prepare you for all eventualities, Mm. i.e. being homeless. Mm. Um which uh, bodes weather. well for the world of music <laughs> and showbiz. Yeah, yeah. But...
2: Frank Kelly told me he slept rough in, in, in France or something. Yeah, Slept yeah. in vineyards. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we used to just roam the countryside. We'd be going from different places trying to, We used to go around to houses offering to do people's gardens and stuff, you know, and, and then if yeah. you might get something and then the night you'd come out and go, okay, well, there's let's find a place to sleep. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what we would do. Um, but... Thankfully, somewhere along the way, um, I start busking. I met a guy who had a Mm. guitar and we start busking. And from there, I started living as a musician, as in I was making more music busking than I had been working in doing manual work, which is what I had done up to that point. So that was kind of, I suppose, a eureka moment in Mm. many respects, because, you know, people always say to you. What's the advice or whatever from people who are you know maybe want to get into the music business and and in many respects the biggest leap is if you have a job going, okay I'm going mm. to be a musician you know because it's mm. not the civil service around like that you know it's it's a the uh, biggest leap is stopping
2: a job if you is, have is, a job yeah the
1: security of that right to jumping into I'm a musician and and leaving your job behind. I I think that was, so if anything, that moment Mm -hmm. where I realized I could survive. So anyway, from Mm -hmm. Holland, I said I'd come, I I was very into traveling and doing all that kind of stuff. I was going to go to Israel to the kibbutz and all that kind of stuff next, but I said I'd come back and give it a blast in Dublin Mm -hmm. for a year and see what happened. Did a little bit of busking on Grafton Street. Didn't pay as well as Holland, mm. uh, but then I start. I met in with uh, um, uh, Martin Clancy and David Constantine and uh, 30th and Circular Road. We were all kind of living up there, making music. And uh, Dave had a band called Serious Women, which was the first thing I ever recorded on. Mm. Um, and we all did it in house DIY. Uh, mm. uh, did some BVs on that, so. From there, I started recording my own songs, Mm. and when I was touring with Dave and recording my own songs, I met Ginger O'Keefe, who's the bass player, who was the Black Romantics, uh, which Mm. was the band that I would have played with in in the DA club. And he had the idea of doing the Jacques Brel songs, so I saw it as a great vehicle to, if anything, serve my time, to get on stage and Mm. sing some songs that were just Really brilliant songs, theatrical. Yeah, Just,
2: very theatrical. I'm and very much so suited, suited
1: my voice. Yeah, so yeah. Um, so that was how I ended up at and the Bat
2: club. How you discovered Jack, or did you know Jack? No, I knew stuff. Scott Walker before yeah. that, yeah. and because I remember discovering Scott Walker from a compilation that Julian Cope. Uh, Brought out of Scott Walker songs called "Fire Escape in the Sky." Yes, yes,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah and that's yeah. how
2: I discovered Jack Brel through mm, Scott Walker. I was yeah, the
1: same, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, though I I knew of uh, Jackie earlier on, right? Um, and then just just to listen to endless amounts of music, I, I got into yeah. Scott Walker and got into into Brel. Um, and I mean, Brel as a performer to watch, and even though my French is awful. Uh, he was one of the greatest performers and he really was that old bardic kind of thing where yeah. he would write songs about things, um, yeah, um about uh real things. And and you know what, even, you know, speaking to French people, a lot of the translations uh, work very well. Really? He, he was involved yeah. at, with the ones that came from Alive and Well Living in Paris, that show that they did, mm. where they translated a lot of stuff. He was involved in the translation. Oh, really? so, um, yeah, so it kind of, it worked out pretty good. But obviously, yeah, a great vehicle for me. Big, you know, theatrical songs. Um, the Black Romantics were had a, you know, like a Pogues kind of sound. So it was, uh, mm. it was raucous. And the Dark Club was a, a venue, you know, that was early mid nineties. And Dublin was a very different place then. It still had that, you know, Temple Bar was still a bohemian place. I think at that time, mm. uh, you know, it was it was where all the uh, the, the new age kind of, you know, you get all your health foods and all that kind of stuff down there. You know, right, that's how yeah. I remember it, you know, yeah. and a lot of secondhand shops and
0: the and
1: du- Dublin itself. Yeah. And the Dac Club was just, it, it was just a great place. It was, uh, it was upstairs yeah. in Clare- Clarington Market. They had downstairs, which was a cafe, but they kind of had yeah. a, I think that because they served dinner and stuff, they could serve, serve wine. wine so it was that old stuff. theater yeah. license thing. yeah yeah Yeah. So we yeah, used yeah. to go on stage at, Twelve at night, they would toll yeah, a bell. That was right. Yeah. We would do two halves, but I never entered there I always entered enter there in the evenings, and I never left before it was morning again. Which is, we mm. you know we'd always have a great party afterwards, and mm. uh, so it was. Yeah, it was, I and mean, you know, much as it was a small venue, and we played there for I was done about two years, maybe there. Yeah. And you meet so many people say, "Oh yeah, I was in the dark. Line. all right yeah. Jesus. I'm amazed how many people were there considering it was such a small venue, yeah. but yeah, so it kind of es- it went from there for me to where we uh were able to play the olympia and wow. but as you know, we recorded an album wax and stuff, and uh but the band you know a lot of people had jobs and stuff so it kind mm. of we'd be doing gigs down the country and half the band would turn up and that so mm. at a certain point once we had the album done and stuff I kind of wanted to go back and do my own original stuff mm. um, and but how did you um, sorry just to go back a bit yeah.
2: yeah from from day one did you have that um, theatrical vibe that you have I mean there's nobody else really like that Maybe, actually the girl who's singing who's saying what's her name she sang a, f- uh, a couple of songs with you in the dark club, and she's a performer now as well. What's her name? Uh,
1: Jeanette oh, Byrne, no or Camille. O'Sullivan. Camille, Camille, yes, yeah. similar. She's similar. Yeah, yeah well, Jeanette yeah. was in, in the Sorry. in the black one. She as well.
2: Yeah, Camille. Camille. Might have sung song, Camille
1: think, at the okay. time was mm. doing uh, "Alive and Well" living in Paris. I remember in mm. the dark club mm. as well with uh, uh, the um, and but yeah. So, so what I'm so, saying, yeah. So when did you? Well, I was it because you were doing Jack bri that you started no I know no. because it's not it's not particularly premeditated yeah that I'm overtly theatrical but I think there's there's a lot of physicality to singing. and when I sing I tend to I don't know just I don't know I you kind of I just, just it's just give it all that's the way you are give it all and, and um mm. in many respects yeah I suppose act out the songs I mean not all songs are like that but mm. I do find that you have to go to a place in your head where you're really Mm. You know, I don't. I, I I never. I can't say I ever do it by numbers. You know, you're always. Every gig is different. Every every night is different. It's the old. uh, What's the thing? It was uh, the philosopher Heraclitus that uh, you never step in the same river twice. Mm. So uh, you never, and then you never step in the same river once. That. Uh, every gig is different. Every night is different. Every audience is different. So every time you sing a song is different. People ask you, do you get bored singing certain songs? And no, um, mm. I mean some songs start to annoy you. Maybe at some point uh, mm. you go down a dead end with them. But uh, I do try to. I do every gig like it's my last gig. Yeah, because certainly do. Did that, that in showbiz it could be.
2: <laughs> That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now, do you have to get wound up before you go on? Do you have to like, go into a no? It's a funny thing,
1: everybody goes, Oh, it's great to be nervous. I actually prefer to be very relaxed. I think the yeah. more relaxed share the better off you are, yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh, you, you know, you have your wits about you. I, I mean, early on, yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you, you have insecurities and stuff uh, mm-hmm. when you start out, but um, and as you go on, you do, but. I would be, I would be, I just you know I enjoy performing. I mean, it's great fun. Yeah. Um, uh, the only time it's not is maybe when you're not physically uh, in in the whole of you know or there are times your you have to go on where you're not you're sick you're and sick, stuff. That yeah. can be a bit grueling. Or if you've done endless you know I've done very long runs over the years and it can mm. be a bit hard on uh, if you have a, if you're carrying an injury basically. Mm. Um, but no, I wouldn't particularly. Get wound up. If anything, I, yeah. I, I, you know, the whole sound check, that's, you know, the whole day you wake up, you're thinking of, you're, you premeditate gigs, I suppose. Mm. You're, you're, you're figuring out what you're going to do in some respect, somewhere in the subconscious, so that when you do it, you can just do it and you're not thinking about it, kind of thing. That's kind mm-hmm. of what, uh, what performing is—it's—it is a—it um, is, is in some respect a transcendent kind of thing where you're going somewhere else with songs. You know, you can call it method singing. You can call, call it what you like. Yeah. Well,
2: um, it feels like. Well, it feels like that's what you do. That you are the character. Yeah. In yeah. It's song.
1: very much so. I mean, I've always yeah. approached it that way. And yeah. like I say, you know, I don't know. We live in a world constructed of l- language, uh, but music is an invisible landscape. It's not. That's kind of... It's bold to the language, but it's... Music is a very fluid kind of thing that does something that science can't specifically put its foot on. It's the Mm. language of the soul. So that's where you go when you sing. You go to uh, some very interesting places that aren't uh, 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 (laughs) proven by science (laughs) yet. (laughs) That (laughs) (laughs) bollocks.
2: And then did... did, uh, um, I did. W- you did. Okay, <laughs> did you put your own stuff then on the first album? Uh, they, did, you, did you do
1: a Jack Burrell album? I, we did an album yeah. called Wax which Some of it was live yeah. from the Dark Club and right, some yeah. of it was studio work. Right, and yeah. Fears the Key was on that. That was a, a, an original song. And then right. I, had, you know, I had a mountain of work that I put together uh, previous to mm. doing that. So I just was eager to go back and, and do that. And mm. some of the guys... Uh, you know it was funny because all the stuff I'd done pre that kind of when I released Metropolis Blue which was my first uh, original album that mm. had uh, a lot of the big songs that people would know me for on it some of the Black Romantics play, came and played with me on that and David Constantine who I'd been doing Serious Women with um, uh, had uh, you know he, he he had written a lot of so- songs with me as well so mm-hmm. we we um, we went on to, uh, you know, make Metropolis Blue, which had a uh, Georgie Boy, which we yeah. wrote with Martin Clancy as well. Myself, David Martin, wrote that one, you know, and that was a great song. It was just, we were all on the dole, and it was kind of a clarion call kind of thing, yeah, you know, that kind of come on. Um, so you know, those songs have great, great memories. Um, and uh, is that like a, a different time for
2: music? You when you actually sold CDs. And well, how does that compare to now? What what's yeah? You know? Well,
1: I mean, I suppose I've always uh, well. I mean, obviously, you sold a lot more CDs. You you, you would you would sell uh, uh, because there was no other way of listening to music. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, it's a bizarre world of free music in a capitalist society. <laughs> as I think Iggy Pop did a lecture recently in BBC called yeah. "Free Music in a Capitalist Society." How does that work? You know, because yeah. it costs so much to. You know, making an album at the moment, and it just costs so much money. Yeah, Um, and then people have it for free. You know, in any other medium, it wouldn't be accepted. But yeah, um,
2: is there any way of getting around that now? I don't know if anyone's trying to sort that
1: out. Oh, there's 101 ideas, and you hear things coming on. But I mean, the the music business has always been a state of flux. When Edison made the the, the gramophone, or you know, well, it's you know, they don't know whether he was, but anyway, when it was made, he he thought. It was for sending letters, you know, you would right. record yourself and say, you didn't even think about music. I yeah. thought that was a ludicrous yeah. idea. Yeah. So my point is that music is all, you never know what's going to happen with things, with technology mm. and with the way things go. You know, um, there's lots of interesting, go- I did a thing recently called a Whole World Band where you go in and you play a song, you put on the guitar and then you put on the vocal and then people can come in and pay it to play with you by putting on drums on it or putting on yeah. the internet, yeah. So you, it, suddenly there's this whole other realm of... Uh, um, Explain uh, that again. You, you, you're so, so I go in uh, um, and uh, Kevin Godley, that's from Godley and Cream. he's created, and Crem. Yeah, he's, he's uh, created. Used to be created, Yeah, he's created this uh, app mm. where um, I go in, I I, I basically, I, you, you play the song and they record your vocal and they, they separate both your vocal and your guitar. Mm. You do it to a click track so that anybody can come in then, uh, s- sign up to World World Band and go, I like that song, I'm going to play drums on it. Yeah. And he can record himself at home playing drums on it. Yeah. And then another guy can go, I want to put some bass on that. Yeah, So it's on whole World Band and it's all different people playing different guitar parts, different things. I mean, there's loads of guys on it. I mean, Stuart Copeland's on it just playing drums. So you can go, you oh can... yeah, I'll jam with Stuart Copeland. yeah. All right, yeah. And then uh, Ronnie Wood is on it. He's doing a bit of a... He had like this line. I think the line was fill her up or something like that. Mm. And he just kind of did it around a couple of times, vocal and put a bit of guitar lick. And then people can come in and add verses. And so it's just suddenly, you know, when you think, you know, all the, the, uh, the ways, I suppose, of making uh, mm. uh, money from music. This is th- suddenly it's people are pay- from years of paying people to play with me. Now people pay it to, to play, play with, it. <laughs> yeah, or fly- whatever. I'm confused myself. <laughs> and this is an app. This is an app called, called- Whole World Band. Whole yeah. World Band. Well, now I'll check that out. You know how many people uh, mm. would be interested in that? But you know, you got so many people at home with instruments that love music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know how I got onto that one. How did we get on? Well, to we're that?
2: just talking about how how the how the musician. Is giving away music at the minute. And
1: yeah, well, I mean, any musician will rant say. about it for a long time. I mm. mean, when it initially started, I was kind of blasé. I was kind of, ah, yeah, music should be free. But mm. I suppose once it really starts to... Uh, um you know, uh, inflict upon, uh, you
2: know. But you're talking about, at the start of this conversation, you're talking about songs that weren't
1: copyrighted at all. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So so, copyright
2: might be just a small part of the history of music. Yeah, well,
1: no, here's the thing about music that I'm always trying to explain to people. It's a very new, the whole idea of music industry, first of all, it's an oxymoron, because music is this ethereal, strange thing. Yeah. um, Then you have the bricks and mortar of, uh, economics. So, yeah. music industry is a horrible term. It's yeah. only a new thing. It didn't, you know. It really only started in the in the forties and fifties. Uh And you know, as as this big industry, which where everybody, pre, yeah, when pre, 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 pre it started being recorded, by, yeah. because before recorded, that, it was wasn't owned by anyone or word of it? mouth, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if we want to get deeper into it, language itself is only a new technology. If anything, language is the internet, right. Of its time that we could communicate with small mouth noises. Yeah, yeah. And if anything, the internet is the extension. Of that. Yeah. But, so, but the music industry is a new thing. Nobody really knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. The guys, the 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 the, the big. Uh, the strangest thing is that the the big record companies were too slow to 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 give in the, or to figure out what was going yeah. on. Uh, but. To be honest with you I've always survived as a live musician more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, but isn't that what all uh, you've done it all
2: the time but is that's what all bands are going to have to do now, is play live? Pretty much that's so. I mean,
1: I've I have had hits but nothing, you know, nothing. nothing in got heavy rotation on MTV or anything like that. Mm. But I've always survived uh, as 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 um, You're an incredible live act,
2: you know. You're well, just, I I've accumulated an audience quality is part of it. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, it's not just I mean, I don't like to, you know, uh, I always say, there's, you know, mm. people say, uh, you know, great showman and all that kind of stuff, which mm. is great. But I only say, there's a couple of words being showman and shaman, which was what we people would have been previous to that is kind of it pu- providing a public service where you you lift people out of of their banal life. Well, uh, well, no, of uh, well, more. I mean, it, it, <laughs> that's what music did for me. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it always lifted me to this other. Um, Higher state of consciousness where it's like wow, all, you know, yeah. Um, it, it just it got the adrenaline going, it got the imagination going. You travel via music, you know, you you f- all, the, all the knowledge you got from songs and what's that name of that place? What the who's that? You know, all these things you kind of got. You were educated. All by. these names of places in, in America. As when well, when you're a kid, yeah. I get to Phoenix, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, where yeah. is this place? Yeah, yeah. You travel. It does that. Uh, um, uh, so uh, I uh, suppose you know when when you're. When you're gigging, you're trying to raise the energy in the room, you know? Mm. And you, you have to use vibe, energy. All these mm. terms, whether people like it or not, are musical yeah. terms. Yeah. Whether people uh, think I used to too. think
2: uh, when I'd, I'd read the liner notes of a record, it'd say, on vibes, such and such. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just a guy who came in the studio. <laughs> Meditating. Going, hey, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know but, what? Uh, there are guys who actually do, you know. Deal. I mean, some producers. Uh, yeah are vibe masters that's what they do it's not like they go do the they create a nice energy where everybody feels like oh yeah you know so Mm. there is a bit of that Um, as well as Mm. guys who will specifically sit down at the desk and uh, mic everything but there Mm. are producers who will be more. It
2: is bizarre as well that um, uh, for me for example I started listening to music uh, because I'm so old it was on Radio Luxembourg on a tiny little transistor. Not when I started listening to music but when I started hearing music that I didn't hear anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a tiny little radio that would shitty sound and yet the brilliance of those songs still mm. came through. Yeah, you yeah. know, when you
1: talk about all this, about mm. production and everything. No, no, yeah. I mean, essentially, uh, all, all you hear on a little radio is the beat and the melody. Yeah, yeah. And now, that's been very simplistic about it. But modern days, you do. And if you listen, to, you go, God, it's actually, I mean, a lot of modern songs are just a beat and a melody with a little bit of s- splashes of production. But mm. then you have the snatch of songs with the strings and you, you hear all those melodies. So it's not specifically mm. true. But it is. But at the same time, what has been listened on is quite is usually a shitty little. Yeah, very primitive. Yeah, but I mean that's mm. it's melody. Melody just has a way of uh, it either latches onto people's brains or it doesn't, or if you hear something lo- enough, uh, repetitively enough, it gets mm. into your head and people go buy it. Which is how the music industry works. Mm. I mean, it's manipulated it's like by the, the the moguls uh, of the TV and shows and all that kind of stuff mm. That is... Here's what you're getting this year. You know, you don't get a choice. It's we're going to push this in your face so much yeah. that you're going to buy it whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> um that is how it works now pretty much so. Then you have the whole internet thing and YouTube. Well, you say that, that's the radio, but aren't, I think my son, for example, just
2: mm. discovers, he's 17, he discovers music online. He doesn't listen to radio. Okay. At all.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, the people uh, who have the money, he? the he... money to push the bigger things in mm. your face, um, mm. that's always going to, but that's always going to be a factor, yeah. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was continuing on there to say that the, the internet, obviously, is the, is the indie, it's everything now, it's the whole place you go to find stuff that you wouldn't, mm. uh, Find anywhere else. Um, the bad thing about that is you never struggle to find something. So, so mm. there's like
2: a yeah. the time when you heard of a, a record, but you couldn't find it.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, you so, know that thing, you know, the way to have Shazam and you, play, you put it up to songs and you can tell what the are. What my problem is, I remember songs, but I can't remember the name of them or anything about them except the melody. So yeah, I need yeah. an app that I can sing a melody into that can just tell me what that song is. Mm. Somebody can have that idea if they want it. <laughs> <laughs> You're better off not
2: knowing. Yeah. Then you can write. <laughs> you can write that song. again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe
2: that's the trick. Yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you write songs? Do You do with the acoustic, or
1: yeah, um, yeah. It's, it starts different ways. You know, uh-huh. I've always since I was a teenager, I've always written. I'd always like poems and writing mm. stuff and all, as, as a lot of teenagers do. Mm. So it started from words, and then. As I learned, I suppose to play or just messing around, learned uh, chance my arm at writing songs. Mm. You know, um, nowadays, yeah, it starts with the acoustic guitar or the piano. I can, you know, I can play enough piano to write a song, kind of just chords. Mm. Or you know, I've got a song called Stardust, which I wrote on a little kids uh, accordion. I uh, yeah, I've seen it. That that I mean I that was that. that was an accordion. It's a, it's a little accordion. I was sitting in Manhattan out in the place that was like Sesame Street out in Queens and myself and uh, one of the boys at the band. And this old guy went by with a wheelbarrow full of children's accordions and, you know, little boxes yeah. of where he was, obviously, I forget them. So I went, yeah, hey. <laughs> he was one of those. So I got it for my niece. Um And then I wrote the so- a song called Stardust on it one day and it's been in the show since, really. Um That's one of the parts, you know, in the show... Uh, or in the gigs, I always at some you point go off the mic. Go oh, off you? the mic, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I actually learned, you know, uh, I suppose I started singing that way in sessions where you wouldn't be on mic anyway. But I remember a gig mm. years ago in Wheelands when I was kind of, you know, uh, uh, on the rise. I suppose people were starting to come to gigs, and uh, the gig was in full flight, and the PA broke down. Yeah, mm. and I, I, I just sang something a cappella. Mm. Um, and the whole place quietened down. And after the gig, that's all anybody talked about, whereas mm. we had tried to have lights and we had, you know, mm. we, we had tried all the razzmatazz, but I was interested mm. by the fact that when it actually... Now, what it does is it tweaks people's ears that suddenly you're doing something really intimate. Um, oh, well, it's it's a
2: technique that you learn doing stand-up. Uh, if people are talking, whisper. you don't go louder,
1: you go quiet. quiet. I learned that from comedians, actually. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I learned that from... Uh, David O'Doherty's brother you remember he used Mark to do Mark yeah, yeah. Yeah. comedian to, yeah he used to do the cards and all I used to see him in the White Horse was it Up, where was the place that wh- where he used to do the um, comedy as well but I used to see all you guys I mean a lot of comedians yeah. in the dark club I remember Tommy Tiernan supporting us and mm. I remember Jason Burns supporting me one time in the uh, mm. in the in um, the Olympia, and I remember you being down in the dark club as yeah. well. For it a was... while, there was a comedy club downstairs. Ah, right, thing. yeah, yes, yeah, 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 so yeah. I remember the club downstairs. Yeah, I remember the edge being at one night. We was playing. I yeah. was playing with a band called the Sofas. We used to, yeah. Jam. I remember he came down one night checking out. Uh, Connor Brady's guitar playing. He was a yeah, guitar player. Pleasant me to this day. But um, yeah, uh yeah. But from comedy, I would. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I love. Com- I think you know, comedy fascinates me. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, not only the fact that it's so cheap to do besides hiring a band, but. That's <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it's undercutting all the bands in the country. <laughs> but it's, oh, yeah. it's also, you know, it, in many respects, it's, it is a bit like, it's about it's like singing a song. It's about timing. It's about knowing how to deliver something. But mm-hmm. yeah, you need a certain uh, charm, I suppose, to be a comedian. Oh. But it always has fascinated me as, a, as an art form. Right uh, as a, as a, uh,
2: Well it's not really an art It's similar to music It's half art Half entertainment and Yes Yeah well I mean mm. Yeah I mean uh, uh, Yeah But most comedians would be uncomfortable With the idea Of be- being called artists
1: But, but you know the, stra- <laughs> the strange thing Is that all these things Have been ad- around Pre-industry You know yeah, Like comedians yeah. The king always had a jester He always had a musician Yeah uh, Tribal societies Always had their people Who kind of did The kind of thing So mm. it, you know It's something That's kind of inbuilt In us That Everything now, we try to monetize it and try and make everything. Mm. But you know, there's certain things that live outside of quite, that. I round. think
2: it's quite exciting that that live live performance will is so necessary now. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It yeah. is. I mean, if uh, it, it is, it obviously it uh, you get the funnel effect where people will, if everybody's gigging and all the big acts are gigging, people uh, are going yeah. to save their money and go to the big acts. Uh, that While is the whole act. Well, I mean, that is, that, that is what has happened in some respect. It right? has happened
2: comedy as well, actually. Yeah, you know, Things like Live at the Apollo make names of people and mm. then they just want to see the names. That's, yeah, that's showbiz.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. That's how the, the whole thing works. But, you know, yeah. you get to see people like Leonard Cohen back going back on the road, yeah. which, which was just a remarkable thing to see mm. and hear and... Just amazing to hear. Um, uh, but now this—what do you think of this? The three hundred and
2: sixty deals that the record companies want all the money from everything, isn't it? From merchandise. Yeah, live. yeah, yeah. Bit well,
1: I mean that's well, that's uh, that's the nature of it at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Um, I kind of pity anybody coming about. Um, you know, having to deal with that because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, but it was always large chunks kind of taken off everything. I mean, record deals are such ridiculous things, really. You know, you're basically mm. given a loan. Yeah, uh, it's not. But you think you're being you, given you, money? You have to make before you have to sell a lot of albums before you can pay back that loan. Mm. And a lot of times, bands don't, and they owe the mm. money to the company, and then they get into it. And it's it's a bit, you know, it's a bit like winning the lotto, having success. Global success as a musician, you need it's all about your plugins, people you know, and mm. who you got behind you. Massive amount of luck, lots of hard work, mm. and uh, there's just the right place, the right time, um, all those things. Uh, and very mm. much so, but the, you know, for the amount of people it happens to, it is very much so like winning the lot, yeah, yeah, it's very um, unusual, yeah. That you know, you get signed yeah. to a record company, the guy who signs you gets. Moved on or sacked, and you're passed on to someone else who has no interest in you, yeah these are the things that just happened e- endless ninety percent ninety percent of probably, bands yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's uh I mean early on I had dealings with big record companies, um but I kind of you know kind of they all wanted me they didn't want me to do original stuff number one, they wanted me to because I had a big voice and that kind of stuff i they wanted me to do, to do something. Of that nature, where I was singing big old classics Classic and things. cover but I very much so wanted to do my own thing. definitely
2: didn't want to go that path,
1: no, no, but I mean, I have, I mean, done, Sinatra that. have done that. I've done that oh, done that? you know what I mean Well, of course, and I have done. I've toured with the Nelson mm. Riddle Orchestra, and yeah, all that kind right, of stuff. Yeah. so I've done all that. but at the yeah. time, I wanted to sing my own songs. Yeah, and yeah. I've released a lot of albums and my own stuff. It doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, I'm always interested in doing my own thing and and I've kind of, if anything, I've what I do suits me. You know, I like mm. the way how I work and what I do yeah. live. And um, though I do a lot of covers, I also do a lot of my own stuff. Yeah. And if I, you have to keep yourself interested, so I do stuff that keeps me, yeah. my imagination. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, because uh,
2: I saw I saw you sing in New York, New York, in the National Concert Hall. I think the year of of uh, September eleventh. Wow, did I? God. Yeah, yeah, you did. It was, it was, uh, you, you
1: just came on and sang one song. That might uh, be a new Christmas, year's Christmas thing, actually. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was amazing. Yeah, no, I listen. I right. love singing those songs, and like I say, mm. I've sang with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra um, mm. in Manhattan and done loads of gigs with those guys. With uh, his, his son, uh, Nelson Riddle's son. You know, Nelson Riddle did "Under My Skin" and lots mm. of "Knackin' Cold" songs, and just all the the, the, the arrangements are the Greek architecture of music a big band music they're, they're mm. stunning um, things to sing to and they are made for singers like me and I mm. love singing them and I've, and I've done a lot of them at this stage I've done full shows of uh, I did a show with uh, Bobby Lamb who was Sinatra's trombone player an Irish yeah. guy and um, we did a whole night of his stuff up in the National Concert Hall but you know I like write my own songs yeah. and I like uh Doing lots of different stuff. So I've mm-hmm. done bits of that and uh, I probably will do bits of it again. Mm. But, um, you yeah, know, maybe I could have been um, somewhere between, there was, I suppose Harry Connick Jr. was there, I could have been Michael, the next. Boobly. Between Michael Boule or in between. But, yeah. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't it's really not, It's not you? I, you know, I hear yeah. Michael Bublé and I go, whew. <laughs> yeah. I God mean, it's like that. Bud Light. It just. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. i mm. yeah. nice guy and great mm. songs and he can sing, but. Mm. Mm. It just sounds a bit watered down. Whereas Sinatra didn't. No. <laughs> it Jesus. sounds like he lived it. Nice. I mean, Sinatra is, you hear him singing and it, it's still to this day. And the orchestrations is, you know, it, it's just stunning. It really is stunning. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm uh, maybe may, you know someday maybe I might do some kind of something of that ilk. I've never released anything. That's really uh, oh, the only thing I, I did actually. I'd, one of the first things after the Black Romantics was the Summer Wind, which I did for an or the Iron ad. Ah, oh, I remember that now? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I did that with Sony, um, and uh, I, I, I re-recorded a version of it. That was actually in uh, what was the Acid House that movie. Um, uh, the uh, Irving, Irving Welch. Irving Welch, yeah, yeah the one after yeah. train and it's yeah. where the guy gets turned into a fly and then he's flying down the street. <laughs> God turns him into a fly. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. Summer Wind is playing. That's, I oh, it's, it's your version. There's a couple of versions, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. it's uh, a, a great tune, and, you know, that was a great thrill at the time because I'd never sang with an orchestra before. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it was all kind of done in real time.
2: Would uh, you say Sinatra is the man when it comes to that kind of crooning? Like, he
1: did the dark stuff as well. There oh, no, completely. I mean, the, the funny thing about know, it, people going about Leonard Cohen and things, was Sinatra, some of his stuff was in, you know, was really heavy. Yeah. Down. Uh, mm. <laughs> but I w- it was his tone, really, and how he could express stuff and how effortlessly it sounded. I mean, I could equate knacking Cole in the same. I mean, knacking Cole was... I was probably a bigger knacking Cole fan than I was a Sinatra yeah. fan, just... I don't know it was the effortlessness of his singing where and mm. uh, and the fact that he was a great jazz piano player too um, mm. that uh, it kind of uh, it, he always fascinated me as a singer um, if something he's, he's a, though obviously he didn't go as wild as her he's something of a, a female a, a male uh, Nina Simone in some respect in, in what he could do uh, musically mm. um, playing piano and singing um, mm. but uh, I've I forgotten now what the I
2: don't what know, we're just talking was. about which, do you <laughs> like Nina Simone? Be an influencer. What?
1: Nina Simone being influenced. Oh yeah, as well. I love Nina Simone. Mm. Uh, uh, I put a spell on you is a great biography if you ever get your hands on it. Oh, um, uh, does, is that on Netflix? Oh no, sorry, there's a book. No, there we're is a movie about. out there's, now. This this is a book that was out in the nineties, yeah. Uh, uh, an autobiography. Oh, and yeah. And you just read it and go, Wow. But she was mad crazy. Yeah, no, and you you get I mean I saw the movie recently. Was it ha- what happened, Miss Simone? I think it's called. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I, I, it didn't sound as tragic as it, it looks in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, on the mm-hmm. book, it, it sounded a lot more exciting. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it just just but then again, just a great mishmash of child prodigy who could play a classical but mm-hmm. couldn't get into the classical schools because of segregation that's, and that. Yeah. And she went playing in the gin joints, was raised on gospel, and then. If you listen to something like the solo on Love Me or Leave Me, where she yeah. goes through the history of music in the solo, like from yeah. classical to to, to play a you know, a bit of jazz and a bit of gospel. Yeah. It's just you hear and, it in your uh, a
2: protest song, Mississippi Goddamn, which is a show tune, but mm. protest song yeah, as well. It's, yeah, it's just, yeah. You know, yeah. Unusual I've, style I've done
1: some I've done Strange Fruit, I did a cool version of that year's yeah. ago, which she does as well. But, yeah, amazing, amazing artist. And if you and mm-hmm. the great thing about her records as well is that, unlike all records now, you actually hear them in the studio. And Sinner Man, which, which the ending of Sinner Man, the ending itself goes on for like two minutes, like going, bam, bam, and then back into something else. Mm. And you can hear them all in the studio just kind of doing it. Uh, or uh, Forbidden Fruit is another great song where you can hear them mm. all kind of singing along in the studio so I, I love that you know I love the uh, like all the old Elvis Sun recordings and that, that um, you can feel that they're well it recording. just it, it amazes me that nowadays uh, you know when you're recording stuff no matter how organic you try to make it it does go through an awful laborious process as mm. in with all the technology we use now it's kind of filtered through that whereas mm. all the stuff we love like the Beatles which was at the high end of the technology uh, Abbey Road's recording studios at the time but but it was so simple it was uh, you know not to get too into it how they just bounced everything onto it and that was what it was and you weren't going to change it because we bounced everything onto because you bounced
2: it to make room for another track Mm,
1: yeah yeah. so I mean I think simplicity has Mm. a lot to do with music when you're recording it as well Yeah, but uh, every time I go make an album I just loads of stuff on it. Every album I've ever recorded has been, yeah, it's going to be my acoustic album until it turns in. You bring in the brass, you bring in the strings. And I don't know, it's the kind of singer Because you can. Because whatever serves
2: the song. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to play a song uh, here now and...
1: You know? I can I yeah. haven't even This will be very basic which, here which, which one to <laughs> this do This will be going back to basics <laughs>
2: yeah, This will be going back to campfire <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, so, Don't ask uh, me what song We can okay. stop and You've got time to think about uh, that I will, I'm going uh, to get uh, Andrew in to hey, set it up So Will this be on around Christmas? Will I do something Christmassy? Yeah, do Yeah, I'll put it up for Christmas mm. yeah. To advertise the gig we're not doing yeah, <laughs> let's, do <it. laughs> let's do it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll try. And okay, so I'll just get Andrew. Yeah.
1: So this is Jacob Marley's chain. Jacob Marley was one of the ghosts to appear before Ebenezer Scrooge, and he had a chain with him for every dirty deed he ever committed.
0: Today, a friend told me a sorry tale as he stood there trembling and turning pale. He said each day is harder to get on the scale, sort of like Jacob Marley's chain. Well, it's not like life is such a veil of tears it's just full of thoughts that act as souvenirs for those tiny blunders made in years that comprise jacob marley's chain well i had a little metaphor to state my case It encompassed the condition of No.
2: Thanks, Jack. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, the wonderful Jack Lukeman there. Well, As I was saying earlier, I was down in in Brixton Market, and uh, fucking expensive, I mean... I went into this uh, shop with African kind of uh, stuff and uh, looked at a necklace made of seashells, basically. How much? 25 quid. I was was aghast. Uh, And uh, it registered with the lady who owned the shop. Um, But she said, oh, well, you start at 25 and then we talk about it. And I go, what the just give me a price. Come on. If you're going to start at 25 quid, could be here all day. It's a, fa- it's a couple of seashells with a bit of string in it. Come on. I'm not an idiot. There's a guy across the road that looks exactly like Pat Short. Well, slightly taller, but... Yeah. Um, well, listen, everyone. Happy Christmas to you all, and have a happy new year. We'll be back with mo- another podcast after the new year. Um, I have an interview with uh, Richie Egan who is the man behind Jape or in front of Jape when they're on stage and uh, we have a few more great ones coming up we have a, a, a rap duo called Daje Vu I've talked to them and uh, a few interesting ones on, in the pipeline so you keep on uh, checking it out and I'll uh, keep on talking to people uh happy christmas and a happy new year goodbye
0: was a castaway media production find more great podcasts on our network visit castaway.media
2: i can't believe i just scratched that car find my insurance card Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks dirty? Oh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card.
1: Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app.
2: But I can do that?
0: Oh, hey, I can do that.
1: Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here, too? Yeah, it's, it's called
2: service.
0: Whoa, I can call my agent,
2: too? It's called service. Insurance with local
0: agent, it's called service. Call State Farm agent Megan Roberts in Atlantic today.